Welcome to the Fansmanship.com podcast, coming to you from San Luis Obispo, California. Where you stand? Welcome to the Fansmanship.com Going On Break Edition with Chris Sylvester. I'm Owen Maine. We are here. We don't know what day it is. We don't know what month it is. We're pretty sure it's still 2020, uh, for better or for worse. Chris, how you doing, man? Is is it is it yeah, like you said, is it is it a better or worse thing that it is 2020? Because definitely worse. I, I, I don't remember the other 20s being like this, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a whole deal, and um, we're like five weeks into this whole nonsense mess, whatever you want to call it. Coronavirus um, has uh, has really put things to a grinding halt for many of us, and um, we're still trying to kind of, uh, I guess, cope with it. It's a it's a trauma for everybody on some level. I think um, you know, almost no matter what you do, um, it's crossing over. You know, in terms of professions and everything else. Of course, we're talking about sports and. On this podcast, we're trying to keep it, I guess, as positive as possible in terms of talking about what people can do and how how people are passing the time, uh, hopefully productively, while we're out and about. Um, I wanted to, as we get started here, you know, I did something really fun this week and um, kind of proved to myself that we could do it right and and make something good. You know, I'm a photographer, um, among other things, and um, one of the things that I did on Sunday night it was Easter, and um, and one of my friends has a has a daughter who's like 12 and she plays soccer. And I said, let's go take some cool pictures out on the field, you know, out on a field somewhere. And it was a super gray day and it was, you know, kind of fun to just go out and make a cool portrait. And um, we kept socially distanced and we didn't get too close to each other. Um, And I was able to get there early and set up the lights so that um, it was ready to go. Listen, if you guys want a cool like uh, sports portrait, I'm here for you. Um, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or my website. Uh, it's photos.fansmanship.com or obviously fansmanship on any other uh, social media. Let's go make something cool. Um, uh, I know everybody's probably, especially if you're like a baseball or softball player, maybe your kid plays like flag football. I don't know. Um, you're not going to get the chance to be out there like you would otherwise this spring. So let's at least go make a cool picture. Um, I'm sure the uniforms already got ordered for a lot of that stuff. So get all uniformed out. Let's pretend like we're going to play a game and we'll go and, uh, and take a good picture. So that's my, uh, that's my plug for, for this podcast. Chris, how, how the last, how's the last week or so been? We haven't, we haven't done one of these, uh, going on break pods in, in maybe a week or so. How, how you been? Well, I think it's because we kind of we've kind of gotten into a little bit of a quarantine routine. Can I, you know, can I mm-hmm. say that right? It mm-hmm. kind of feels like that now, right? It's almost that what what life used to be like is is becoming more and more distant. So um, honestly, I would really take you up on that photo offer, but I would have to wear a hat because I don't know anybody that you know I, I've seen in the last month that can cut my hair, and obviously. For whatever reason, they they deemed it as not an essential, and um, you know, 
They're too I close think... to you, man. Like if a, if a hairdresser is sick and they're breathing on like 50, you know, like, I don't know if not 50, but like if they're breathing on like eight, 10, 20 people a day, um, that's not good. And that's a good way to spread stuff around. Um, my wife has been cutting my kid's hair for the last, I don't know, year or so. And so I think I'm going to give her a, you can probably see this on the video here. We're taping this on Skype. Um, you know, the sides are just getting very long right now. The back is like kind of ducktailing a little bit almost. So, um, it's time for me. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, um, how I let her do it. I'm probably going to let her try to, you know, make it shorter on the sides and a little longer on top. And if, if it all goes poorly, then I might just have a number two or number three all the way around at some point. I think that's better than what I got going on from a hair perspective. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, partner, you look, you look just fine. Um, you know, I think I know you as, as a hat hair type of guy anyway. So, <laughs> cause I always see you every, everywhere I see you, whether it be football, basketball, volleyball, yeah. um, squash, curling. It doesn't matter what you're shooting. You're usually I'd love to shoot curling. It. I would love to shoot curling. <laughs> um, in due time, you know, they did push the Olympics back here. If you want to maybe plan a little trip or something like that, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, in, in all seriousness, if we if we ever get all that serious on, on the going on break pod, we like to keep it light because there are there are you, you and I had this conversation. Yeah. There are so many podcasts out there. And I know we beat everybody to the punch because we kind of did this like the day that it started. And our concept, I think, is still pretty OG. Like, I think yeah. our, our, our concept is I don't I don't see anybody else talking about hey, let's talk to athletes, let's talk to people in sports, photographers, whatever the case may be, and let's talk more so about this shutdown. Let's talk about how, you know, where where were you when, when you were notified about it? Because we've had a lot of fascinating stories. We've had people at sporting events or at sites of sporting events before they were set to happen, and then all of a sudden the plug goes out from under them, and that's never really happened in recent memory. So, totally. um, I, I mean, w- with all that being said, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to, um, you know, chop it up again, you know, here, I, I think we, we have all kind of learned that there's no other way to take this than day by day, because we learn a little bit more every day. We get a little bit of news every day. I mean, yeah. a, whole, a whole lot of headlines. I mean, I think the first week I couldn't put down my phone. I just yep. couldn't put down my phone. I, I needed to know what was going on and when things were going to get back to normal. But when you realize that things aren't going to get back to how they were before this happened anytime soon and that there will be a new normal in the near future, hopefully, right. um, you know, I think you kind of you kind of temper all expectations and you kind of just uh, live in the moment a little bit more. So, yeah, you take, for sure. you, take, you take away the silver linings from this thing, but. Gosh, I mean, it doesn't make us miss our sports any less. Um, you know, I, I just saw something right now, Owen, and, and I don't know if that, you know, and, and with all due respect to, to golf fanatics, and I do enjoy watching golf. I'm horrible at playing it. I, I need to get better because yeah. any good businessman knows how to how to be, how to to golf a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, PGA just said they're going to restart in June. Obviously, that's a completely different, you know, it's not a team sport. You're not high-fiving people and, yeah, golf's the one thing that's stayed open, right? Golf courses. Golf courses, for the most part, from what yeah. I've heard. But you know, PGA is yeah. coming back, so that's a little bit of good news. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we can get some other other things going here pretty soon. Uh, I think yeah. that you know, uh, there's been a lot of ideas, and, and I'm happy that we're able to talk to somebody that works in professional sports in the U.S. Uh, on this edition.
Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk to Joe Tatino, who's a play by longtime play by play uh, guy for the LA Galaxy and um, has been uh, a, a, a big dude in terms of uh, uh, sports radio, especially in the San Diego area for a lot of years, was a station manager at Extra Sports 690 or program manager or whatever you want to call it. I'm not sure, general manager, maybe. <laughs> Joe uh, Joe was the head dude there um, when I was interning when I was in college. That was 20 or so years ago, which is kind of wild to think that I've um, that I'm that old, number one, but that I've been uh, away from San Diego for that long too. Um, you know, I was driving in my car today, Chris, and I was driving, I, I went, I went to work for a minute today. There's nobody at my office. So I just went in to do a couple things in there. And, um, and I was driving home and I was like, man, I got like a, a notification on my calendar, Cal Poly baseball against Fresno state. And I'm driving on South street in San Luis Obispo. I'm out and about in my car and my work clothes. And for just a minute, you know, you get this feeling like, oh, man, everything's normal. But then you get home and you realize, nope, it's definitely not. All the people are still there. Um, nobody's out and about. You know, I haven't been to a grocery store in a month. Um, you know, the wife's doing the shopping because I have asthma. That's kind of the way that we're uh, working this part of it. And um, so, you know, we're, we're not quite there yet, but but I'm but I'm cautiously optimistic kind of for the first time. And maybe it's premature. Maybe there's no reason to be optimistic yet. But I think something like golf, even um, being able to throw it on TV or throw it on a stream or something and being able to watch some kind of sporting event and talk about it will be really great. Um, I have a lot of soccer questions for Joe. I have a lot of industry questions for Joe in terms of how things happened, how things went down, uh, you know, with uh with with everything that was happening, uh, you know, in terms of the galaxy, uh, they had a game I think uh, on the Saturday before everything kind of shut down there, um, March seventh. So um, they were they were a, 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 a few days prior to uh, to everything happening. But um, I'm I'm excited to talk to him and and see kind of how how the soccer world is dealing with all this as well. Um, you're listening to the Fansmanship.com podcast. We'll be right back with Joe Tino. True story. So we're, we're recording and, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of things, hopefully, Joe. Uh, so you can kind of picture the uh, the format here. We're, we're just having a conversation and, and it's I'm calling it the going on break edition of the podcast because in okay. early March, everybody's on break now. So right. here we are, um, March 11th or whenever it was, kind of the whole sports world stopped. And we've we've talked with, you know, photographers uh, athletes, uh, major, you know, pitcher, you know, I'm major league pitcher, a mm-hmm. photographer who was down at the big West basketball tournament. Uh, we talked to uh, a couple of, you know, big West play-by-play guys, coaches, you know, kind of everybody about their perspective from, you know, that, that time in early March, I guess it would have been the week after 
that uh, that Whitecaps game, right? Um, on March yeah, 7th where, that you guys had. It was uh, the March 15th game, the one at uh, Miami was the one that was canceled. So we were about to actually take off. So Okay, so so tell me the story. So you were you were on the airplane, you were getting ready no, to go. No, How, no. How'd that go? What happened with me was we, you know, at that point, the league decided to charter games, uh, not knowing exactly um, how this infection had spread, or excuse me, this virus had spread. And so I was uh, on my way up to L.A., and then uh, somewhere around Orange County got the message that uh, the league's games were all canceled. And so I decided, you know what, let me just go up to the office, see what's going on, say hello and whatever. Um and then that, everything, the plug was pulled. Right after that, Major League Baseball canceled. Right after that, I think it was like 10 a.m. that morning that the NHL also called it. Um, and obviously the night before, the NBA had called it. And so they kind of set precedent with uh, what was going on with the Utah Jazz and, and realizing that not only was it the one player, it was the fact that even the charter planes had it on there. So at that point, it was like, okay, well, we can't even charter and so I think everybody at that point just said, okay, hands off and we'll find out. I don't think anybody thought it would go this long. I think people thought maybe a couple of weeks, but hey, better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry at this point, for sure. And what was the tone like around the office? You went into the office. You you When you're saying you're driving up, I'm picturing from San Diego area. Yes. Okay, great. And and I don't know if I actually officially introduced you. Joe Titino, the play-by-play voice of the LA Galaxy, uh, joins the podcast here. Um, so, what's uh, so when you get into that office, what's the tone around the office there, Joe? I think people were just kind of wondering what was going on. Uh, you know, there were some people that were cleaning their desks off with, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, Clorox or whatever you want to make Lysol, whatever you call yeah. It, yeah. Lysol, whatever it was. And I just, you know, we, it was just. I don't think anybody really knew exactly what was happening. Although I will say that we started here when we started hearing about this was about maybe a week to 10 days before the games were canceled because we did get another game in. Um, there was some chirping going on saying that, you know what, we're going to miss some games. And, and everybody kind of looked like we're going to miss some games. And uh, sure enough, here's where we are. Yeah. Hey, Joe. Uh, yes. MLS, it, there's been so much talk, and, and I know that every sport is kind of on hold right now, and, and we've heard some maybe some more encouraging things over the last week or so, but is there anything in particular on the MLS that, that you've heard maybe different from uh, a Major League Baseball comeback or an NBA comeback? There, I know there have been a number of players that have come out and said, well, you know, we can come back without fans, but Right. Soccer is just one of those sports that it'd be really hard to pull it off anywhere remotely close to the same type of um, feel and atmosphere without any fans. Yeah, and I agree. I think the number one thing is we'd love to have fans back. We'd love to be in stadiums and, and, and having the chanting and the singing and everything that goes on. I think uh, from what I've seen and from what I've read recently is that uh, we're going to basically parallel Major League Baseball because we have teams in both countries, in the United States and in Canada. Canada has imposed certain regulations in terms of delays. I believe they've said through the end of May, I believe. Uh, that's what's happened there in Canada. So, And obviously Major League Baseball with the Toronto Blue Jays has to also observe that. So I know MLB is thinking about Arizona and doing it in one place. I understand Major League Soccer is thinking about a, dump, a number of different options. Um, even to a point where they may reduce the season a bit, although our season just got underway and we could extend it into December, uh, which is probably likely 
uh, depending on when we get back to work, let's say for the sake of argument, it's uh, June, early June. I would say that probably they'll try to get in most of the games and play a full season of some sort, whether it's 24 games or something like that. And I'm just throwing numbers out without any confirmation. Or they thought about maybe doing a tournament type of situation as well if they have to. Because as this thing gets rolled out again, as we become somewhat normal again, uh, we're talking about one state starting, other states not starting. We don't know when California is going to join the party. Certainly New York looks like they're going to be a little bit later than everybody else. So I don't know how that's going to look. But at some point, um, maybe some of these teams have to start on the road for a while and and eventually able to play home games. I don't know what the the right answer is right now. I think the right answer is let's be safe first and then we'll go from there. Yeah, Chris and I have been talking and just spitballing like, okay, what sport could be in one place and like reuse like basketball? The court doesn't get any worse if you play on it five times a day. But in soccer or baseball, we were even talking about the Arizona plan in baseball. And it's just like, can you imagine Chase Field with the roof closed? It's 110 in Arizona. Sure. In the summer, Chase Field, the roof closed. You can't, I mean, time-wise, you could play four games a day there. But mm-hmm. at some point, that field just can't take, you know, can't take a beating. And and as as picky as, you know, infielders are in baseball, uh, soccer players are, are probably just as picky in terms of, you know, the, the condition of a soccer pitch, too, in term, and, and not wanting to get injured or, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to keep that uh, the same as well. So keeping everybody in one place kind of doesn't really make as much sense either. Right. Well, you, you'd put them in hotels anyway, right? Right. At some point, there's going to yeah. be some type of, you know, uh, I don't know, running into each other. They're not going to run around with masks on. That's not going to work. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, I think I saw Clayton Kershaw saying, hey, he's not doing it. He's not leaving his family and going to Arizona. And so I, I don't know if there's a way to get that done for baseball right. players or, or in soccer players. Maybe, I don't know, maybe there are, are five stadiums around the country right. that can be used and everybody goes home after their games and then comes back out for those games in those regions. I don't know. I just you get dressed I, on the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> you well, take the bus in, right? And then you airplane exactly. out of there right after. You I don't fly, know. you I charter do. in, and, you know, play the game and charter out. That's, I think, I believe being a glass half full type of guy and watching this uh, Johns Hopkins map every day, and seeing how the curve is starting to develop, as the experts have talked about, again, being glass half full, I think we're going to be uh, feeling pretty good about things come the the end of April, and people are going to be chomping at the bit. Now, I don't know what that actually means, but I just get that feeling, and for whatever reason, I think there's going to be more positive days coming here for all of us. Awesome. Well, Joe, I tell you that 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 gets me fired up. I, I know that you're just, you know, you're making a, uh, you know, you're half, glass half full type of guy. And I, I I'm making chicken we... salad right now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's some, I tell you what, Joe, it, it, this chicken salad looks a little bit better than it has, you know, in, in, in months and years past, just because we haven't had chicken salad in a little while right, right now. But uh, I, I want to get your thoughts. And, and I don't know how it, it, it does if it does at all affect major league soccer but he had a big relatively big college division one program university of cincinnati today they dropped their men's soccer Mm -hmm. program because you you know on on a yearly basis it lost them almost a million dollars in revenue Uh, there have been some rumors uh, and i'd I'd be very surprised if cincinnati was the only one that dropped men's soccer from its uh you know division one uh program Uh, you know if, if others follow suit and there's a substantial amount of 
pretty big Division One college programs dropping men's soccer. Does that have any effect on, on the MLS? Well, I think what's happened right now is we've seen a transition uh, regarding uh, soccer in this country away from the college draft being so important. I think you see the academies. Every team in Major League Soccer has their own academies. Every team in Major League Soccer has their own minor league teams, uh, second division teams in the USL championship that they're able to funnel talent in. Uh, and also the draft in Major League Soccer is not just American colleges. It's actually an international draft as well. And so what applies to soccer really is the transfer windows uh, in January and in, and in the summer transfer window. And that's where they acquire their talent. In the early days, this league really relied upon the college draft. I think as years go on, the college draft for Major League Soccer, unless you have maybe the number one pick and maybe the top three, let's say that for the sake of argument, um, you're looking at players that might be some infill, backfill, players that are going to be on your USL team. And if they develop, th they develop. That's great. But they're already behind the curve because you're talking about a player that might be 21, 22 years of, old, of age. And at that point, you have to be starting in any top league. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, I wanted to ask you about um, two things. You, one, you mentioned the schedule. Mm -hmm. If the schedule pushes into December, and people have talked about this. What's your thought in terms of MLS? I, I know when MLS was conceived and when the summer schedule of MLS was conceived, it was conceived by MLS owners who also right. owned NFL teams. They wanted something to do with their stadiums and mm -hmm. something to make money on during the summertime, sure. hence hence MLS. Um, but MLS has grown and, and soccer in this country continues to grow. Um, is there an opportunity to align the schedule at least more so now with the international schedule, or is this something that maybe um, would be like a one-time thing and they would try to wean their way back to the summertime, do you think? Uh, you know, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But uh, in terms of what Major League Soccer looks like today compared to what it looked like even in 2007 when David right. Beckham showed up, all right, most of these teams now have their own soccer-specific stadiums. Right. Um, there's a few that share Atlanta, of course, shares. I mean, I, I'd hate for the NFL to have to see the Atlanta United club drawing 73,000 and the Atlanta Falcons drawing 55,000. Obviously the ticket price is different, but that could happen if, if those teams are playing at the same time. Um, right. the other team, the other team that shares Seattle Sounders with the Seattle Seahawks, I don't believe that's going to be an issue. We've seen that overlapped in August and September, October, when the playoffs are starting to get underway in Major League Soccer. That hasn't been a problem in that particular situation. I'm trying to think of who else shares. I know Cincinnati shares with the Bearcats, but again, the college team, that's five home games. It's not going to be that I've big of a I've actually been deal. to that stadium, yeah. I've, yeah. A couple of years ago, I, I went and checked it out, and they had redone it you know, relatively recently. And not bad. Like, like, like Chris said, the the they just dropped their soccer. Like It's a, it's a stadium that literally an MLS team plays in, and this college, you know, dropped their men's soccer program. Well, so it, it, it doesn't make any sense if they dropped it because they're losing a million dollars a year. Because if you think about it, how many college sports programs are actually in the black outside Correct. of football and maybe a basketball program? I would think Bearcats basketball is in the black and maybe Bearcats football. But name the other sports that are in the black uh, in all major colleges. Right. Right. I don't think baseball is. I don't think uh, water polo no, is. Out, I don't think track and field is. Right? 
unless you're in the SEC, right? Like in baseball, maybe um, in, in, in that case. But yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And and it makes me wonder if Cincinnati, which is a high major program, is doing these things, you know, what's in store for teams in the SWAC or some other conferences that are, you know, um, that maybe don't have as much, you know, money in terms of like, um, you know, low majors all over the country. I mean, you know, we're here in the Big West, which is a mid-major right. conference, and um, it'll be interesting to kind of look out for, especially the, you know, the Cal States and the UCs that are in this conference and how they how they adapt um, to everything kind of that's happening. Um, I wanted to ask you about another kind of current MLS thing that's happening or U.S. soccer thing that's happening, the the changes that, that are being kind of uh, floated I, on Twitter I was reading today uh, in the Development Academy versus mm. um, the U.S. soccer and, 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 and their academies that they've had versus now kind of depending on the MLS academies on some level. And, and I guess, you know, your thoughts on uh, that transition, uh, I know MLS has done a lot in terms of trying to have ev- all their teams actually have le- legitimate development academies over the past, I don't know, what, five five years right. or so, probably. Um, yeah. And then, and then you know, what does that mean for a soccer player in a city without an MLS team, right? Um, you know, how, how what, 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 where do they go to develop necessarily in, if, from the, in the eyes well, of U.S. soccer? I think I think there's going to be something else. I think this is the first story we're hearing at this point in terms of, uh, you know, the development academy going away. I've seen that along social media, just like you have. I heard the rumors that was going away. I would want to know what is next, because uh, there are good points being mentioned that, hey, you can't rely on the 30 teams in Major League Soccer and their academies only to develop players. Uh, we're complaining right now because we can't find players. We have players that are falling through the cracks that should be further along, uh, not only with the academies in Major League Soccer, but also the DA, the Development Academy. I would ask only that I want to wait and see what that means. If the DA is not the proper way to go about doing things in the future, and MLS academies will maybe be to the forefront, then what's going to support them? And I think that's going to be coming next. Joe, what's quarantine life been like for you since since you got the news that, that we wouldn't be playing sports for a little while? Has there been a, a hobby that you, you maybe picked up or have you gone back and, and watched some old games? What's this last month plus been like uh, in your household? And uh, I'd imagine, mm. uh, you know, not going out a whole lot. Well, a little stir crazy for sure. Uh, my dog gets about five walks a day. Uh, and, uh, my gym is closed like your gym's closed. And so I basically use a, a mall that's nearby. That's basically shut down. And, and I run around the mall to get some exercise and my knees aren't happy about it, but, but that's, that's what I'm doing. And, and, uh, you know, my mom, she's on her own. Uh, so I check in on her and, uh, and I, you know, isolated her. You're not going to stores. You're not going here or there. I'm going to go shopping for you. Um, and so you got you get concerned about that, right? You say, okay, I'm young, I'm strong, but what happens if I infect her by going to the stores and so forth? But you have to do what you have to do. Uh, and, and thank goodness she's fine and, and I'm fine. Um, you know, that, that's, that's really been about it. I mean, I pay a lot of attention to what's going on social media-wise in terms of, you know, I'm a Facebook guy in terms of Twitter. I pay attention to that. I use that as a, as, as a news scroll of sorts. Um, and kind of go from there, trying to pay attention and, and, and seeing what, uh, 
what good could come our way in terms of when we can get back to some normalcy. Uh, I love seeing the fact that here in California, we have been really good and proactive. I hate seeing the fact that people have lost their lives. Uh, the saddest thing that could ever happen, the 25,000, 26,000 people in this country that have lost their lives. But I also love seeing the fact that we have 46,000 people that have recovered from this virus. And I'm, I'm rooting for that. And that's kind of what's happened. I mean, you just kind of, you know, if, if I'm a turtle, my, my, my neck has gone into my shell at this point. And I'm, a, I'm looking to get back out. And today there was sunny out and I took my dog for a walk and it felt good to have the sun hit you. And I'm saying, all right, well, you know what? Today's a good day. And hopefully tomorrow will be a better one. Yeah, I was I was kind of uh a ball of stress this morning. I, you know, I, Chris and I have joked about, you know, this kind of going through this like existential dread followed by just like, what do I need to do here? And, a, and really a focus in some cases. And I know he's talked about putting his reels and making sure they're, you know, they're, they're really good. I've, I, I went through my portfolio for photography and made sure that, you know, Hey, I had, I, I never actually had a, a legit portfolio before. So now mm -hmm. here, okay, let's make this happen. So like um, being able to kind of look at for the opportunities in the time that we have to be at home. Um, what, what, what are those opportunities for you in terms of like being able to maybe shift this negative? You talked about being a glass half full right. guy, shift this negative into something that uh, can be, you know, a positive kind of coming out of this. I, have you been, you know, what, what, what are some things that maybe you've done personally or professionally? I, I haven't gone back and looked at games. Um, usually what I do in terms of my routine is that I'll listen to a game almost immediately after a game. Uh, I'll look at the highlights almost immediately after a game. And I kind of do that as a, a muscle memory type thing for your brain. Um, I don't try to go back to games that have been played, I don't know, a month ago, year ago, so forth, whatever it might be, only because... I feel it it, 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 it kind of stunts me. It stunts my growth. It, it, you know, so I've always been somewhat organic in terms of how I go about doing things. And so it, it just kind of stunts my growth. But I like to almost immediately critique what I do uh, to have an understanding uh, of, of what I might have done wrong or a confirmation that, no, no, that actually came out correctly. And, and so in that regard, I don't look at that. But what I do is I'll, I'll look at... What the league is putting out, I'll pay attention that what they are doing, what they're talking about. I'll pay attention to what's happening abroad and how they're talking about things and what how things are moving. So I try to be a sponge. Uh, you know, Owen, when you're interning for me, I do things very much the same way. I'm in my office. I'm paying attention to what's going on. And I'm basically my home is my office and I'm paying attention to what's going on. I tried to describe to Chris what that uh, what that environment at that radio station was like at you know in, in the in the years like 2000 2001 2002 it was awesome. and it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to describe um, you know kind of what that what that was like and I always felt like I just kind of got to parachute in and just kind of like observe all all of it for you know for a couple of years in terms of sports radio it was really um, something that I that I uh, that I think about quite often when I'm talking to people about you know the sports world, especially in San Diego, um, which is such a uh, interesting place and, and a place that I miss in, in so many cases. Um, I asked a friend, like, what would you ask a soccer, especially somebody, a soccer guy, especially somebody connected with the galaxy? And, and the, I got a really good question. So um, I know recently Zlatan came and went from the galaxy. Mm -hmm. Can you compare for me when, when Beckham showed up with when Zlatan showed up and mm -hmm. kind of the, the the fiery 
you know, star that that Zlatan for sure was, you right. know, came in hot, left hot, you know, in terms of 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 just, you know, who he was uh, and, and, and the Beckham experience there in, in terms of the 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 differences. Same team, obviously, um, and the Galaxy right. are known for having, you know, huge names uh, in in American soccer. Well, I I tell people this. David kind of opened the door for those stars to come in. You know, when David came to Major League Soccer, Thierry Henry came after him. Galaxy got uh, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane is probably the the greatest designated player in Major League Soccer history. Three championships coming over. He performed every year he was there. Uh, uh, You know, Drogba came over to Montreal. Um, Guys that still had meat on the bone. Prior to David, uh, you had guys that had big name values. uh, But in terms of performance, the performance was not the same as it used to be. Uh, David not only brought his name, he transcended across the sport, as you know, uh, and David came to play every game. Uh, he never he never dragged his feet for the sake of argument. Um, fast forwarding on to, to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Ibra comes over and what I like about it, even though he was here for only a couple of years, is the fact he's like that meteor that landed everywhere else. Whatever David, whatever Zlatan did in the United States, he did it in Italy a couple other times. He did it in in, in England. He did it in in Spain, uh, and so and he did it in France. So what's that tell you? That tells you that well, Major League Soccer, to a certain degree, was somewhat on par with what's going to happen uh, happening in that particular circle. And uh, I think it's 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 been great. I mean, I, I don't want to discount the other great players that with the Galaxy, of course, of course. Kobe Jones. Uh, Landon Donovan, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest American player of all time. Um, but you got guys that are that are just transcending. I mean, when David came, suddenly the Portlands, the Seattles came in. You had billionaires that are much more interested in the, in our sport in our country. You had stadiums that are built all. I think David is what is what to Major League Soccer, what Wayne Gretzky was to hockey that created that huh. Sun Belt. Huh. Uh, and, you know, everything across the southern part of the United States. And I think ultimately, when we look back, maybe in another five years or so, that's what David Beckham was to Major League Soccer. Awesome. I, I really like that. Um, that said, do you have one really awesome Zlatan story that you can oh. tell? Maybe maybe a story that, that I... not not everybody knows. I mean, obviously, it's a it's 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 a guy that's a unique dude there. Well, I think um, I think he's an incredible talent. On on the field, he was just in, incredible for a guy as big as him to yeah. be able to play the way he does. Most of those guys were either great in the air. Actually, most of those guys were just great in the air. Zlatan was great with the ball at his feet. Zlatan knew how to play. I mean, if he could be, he could probably be, I don't know, uh, between Shaq and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a center in basketball. I mean, that's that's what Zlatan Ibrahimovic was. But he's also can take the ball field. If he wanted to. And so he had a little more talent than that uh, in terms of in terms of the personality. Uh, what you saw in a game is what you saw in practice and training. Um, that's just him. That's the culture he comes from. And I think for a lot of people here in the, in the States, rubs rub people the wrong way. Uh, whereas maybe in Europe, he, he kind of fits in. Why, why do you think that was? Why do you think that was like a rub i mean is is there a different kind of like expectation here than maybe there in terms of like how you know having your head down maybe no, and, and i think i think the culture's just different i think some things that are offensive to americans today 
not just sports and in general, Americans today are not offensive to Europeans in terms of how it comes out of your mouth uh, and the spoken word. And, and when you're when you're talking about somebody who is speaking a language as a second or third language, words don't necessarily come out properly. And and, and for example, you know, many people know that I'm Italian and I speak Sicilian. But if I went to Italy, they might not understand me very well, even right. though I speak Sicilian. And so I think that there was kind of a some of that was going on. And, uh, you know, I said in an article recently, I said, I wish I wish it was just a little bit more diplomatic. But I think I think Zlatan is Zlatan. And, and what, right. what we got here in the United States was not a watered down version. It was all of him. And I, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. yeah. Chris. Joe, Joe, last thing from me here, and uh-huh. we really we really appreciate you hopping on with us. How about the expansion in Major League Soccer? I don't think it's something that's, um, you know, outside of the, the MLS hub and outside of the MLS world. I mean, it's it's almost historically remarkable how quickly the MLS has become what it will be a couple of years from now. You go back to 2010, there are only 16 teams in the league. 2022, you're going to have 29 teams in the league. It's nearly doubled in a little more than a decade. Uh, California's getting another team with with Sacramento. The Republic uh, slated to move up, join the MLS in, in 2022, St. Louis as well. Uh, we've seen some of these cities. I mean, it is just boom, like Atlanta. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, tell us about the, the expansion uh, among the sport and, and why it's it's been so easy, I guess, in, in your opinion, for Major League Soccer to – uh, get all these cities and get all these organizations on board. Well, I think I think part of the reason is, is that the younger generation were now adults. Uh, we all played soccer. Not only that is it one generation, there's another cycle of generation that's played soccer that became adults. Uh, their kids are playing soccer today. So that, that thing that maybe your parents and you or me, my parents and me, uh, my age kids, might have had with Little League. Well, now we have families that have had that with soccer in this country. Uh, and so we've we've developed a number of layers now that are attached to the sport. And not only do we have that, we have those fans that are watching the Premier League, Serie A, the Bundesliga, La Liga. And that has helped them understand and have a desire for the for the local league, the the domestic league, and and the fact that hey, these billionaires know they can make some money with this, and uh, we've turned that wheel. It finally turned in in the proper way. Carolina, I believe, is is spending uh, nearly five hundred million dollars to be in the league. Uh, that's the owner of the Carolina Panthers, who's going to who picked up the last expansion side at, at this point. And so uh, everybody's understanding what this league can be who it attracts. If you look at demographics, I believe the NFL uh, is number one in the ages of 12 to 24. And I believe soccer is number two in the ages of 12 to 24 in this country. Now that's MLS and everything else. It tells you though, in a country of 320 million people, they can easily become American soccer fans. And I think that's where the, where the, uh, the value is for, for these folks that have money. Joe, I have a couple more questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, U20 and U17 World Cups are coming up, and the Galaxy, you know, talk about development earlier. They have a couple of, you know, yeah. a number of players that are really uh, 
you know, top guys, Julian, is it Araujo? Araujo. Araujo and uh, Efra Alvarez. From your neck Um, of the woods up there. Yeah, 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 right. He's from, what, Santa Maria, I think, right? Yeah, not far off. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so um, for for both of those guys, um, with a World Cup coming up, and obviously that does conflict with the team's, you know, games theoretically. I mean, depending on how this schedule kind of gets paced out for the next eighteen months or whatever it is, um, what what kind of an impact can those guys have, like right now with the Galaxy and moving forward, um, being able to think about, uh, you know, their their impact. You talked about guys needing to be able to start when they're twenty twenty one. Um, what kind of a, a, a negative impact? I mean, it's, it's not negative because they're in the U20, the U20, sure. U17 World Cup, sure. whatever it is. Um, but what does that do for a club that's depending on younger guys? I guess it's a double edged sword, right? Well, I, I think, yeah, it is a double edged sword, but but it's also a good it's an honor to have a player like that. Now, Efren Alvarez is certainly a player that I think the Galaxy uh, hope and expect that he can contribute uh, for this particular team this year. Uh, Julian Araujo is also right on the edge. He contributed last year. He's right on the edge of pushing these guys to become a starter. We're talking about young guys now. Araujo's expected to be with the Olympic team uh, as well. And, of course, that has been pushed back a year. So so we're going to see that qualifying whenever that begins. Uh, let's, say, let's say it's going to be next April for the sake of argument. He's going to leave the Galaxy to be part of the U.S. Olympic team and, and help them qualify for the upcoming uh, Japan Olympics that'll be coming up, and of course, Efrain has seen ta- he has seen success already on the international stage for Mexico at, at the at the youth level, and, and uh, I think there's there's just more expectations for him getting forward. I think the talent that young man has, if he can harness that a little bit more as he grows older and gets more mature as a player, um, I think the sky is the limit for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kind of going back to our, I guess, whole reason why we do this podcast is like, let's figure out what's what's something productive we can do, and I'll and I'll I'll, I'll use a long time to describe the premise here so that you can think about it. But when we come back, the premise is basically when we come back, what is one thing that we can be better at in sports? So you could you could have said like, hey, the MLS calendar could be aligned. If you want to say that, I guess you could. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's one thing that we have an opportunity because we have an opportunity to reevaluate everything we have an opportunity to evaluate how we cover nba games and maybe there's an opportunity when nba players come back in in arenas with nobody there for better photos from different angles you know what's what's something creative you think that when we come back we say man i didn't realize x y or z was so important or hey this would be a great little change that it would be really easy to make now that we've had this big break. Can you, yeah. d- does anything come to mind in, in in your mind when it comes to either MLS sports in general? Hey, sports radio. You know, whatever whatever the topic is. You know, we we have this opportunity right now to really kind of change the way we think about anything we want, really. But in this case, uh, you know, anything related to sports, the the shutdown, sports radio, anything like that. You know, as you're as you're asking your question, there's one word that comes to mind for me, and that that can apply everywhere. And that one word for all of us should be gratitude. That's the way I look at it. Because for us in in the broadcast industry, I'm doing something that I could never imagine I would be doing. I'm I'm the luckiest guy alive to be doing something I love and been doing it for now almost 30 years. Uh, Galaxy in the year 25, but over 30 years in radio. Um, I grew up in this business. I was 19 years old when I started in this business. And... um, 
you know, I think I think ultimately we can all look in the mirror, whatever we do, uh, and especially in the sports world, and come back and say gratitude, have gratitude, have appreciation for what we do, have appreciation for the fans that show up. Uh, anybody who um, says something nice to you, take it to heart. It, it means a lot. And uh, and if you're able to affect them in a positive way, uh, get their eyes to to sparkle, put a smile on their face, do it because it's going to come back 10 times your way. And that's that's kind of how I see it. Awesome. Love. I love it. I'm just going to we're just going to let it end there. Joe Titino, uh, voice of the L.A. Galaxy. Thanks again, man. It's really awesome. Nice to see you. Good um, to see you always, as well. always great to see you and always great to talk to you and really appreciate your time. Ah, thanks for thinking of me. Hey, thanks for listening to the Fansmanship Podcast. For more podcasts and more in-depth sports discussion, go to fansmanship.com. Well, I've been stuck on down in trouble town. It's a lonely place, it's true. Street lights so bright, they blind my vision. And the people on the streets, they beat me up till I'm black and blue. You lift me up.